G'day everyone and welcome back to the 78 Amped Podcast. My name is Max Higgins and I'm joined today by uh, a couple of people from uh, a band you may have heard of, Spacey Jane, straight out of WA, Caleb and Kieran. How's it going, guys? It's going good. How are you? Oh, look, I, I can't complain at all. <laughs> no, I'm good. Uh, yep. Yeah, hey, hey. <laughs> I just, I didn't want to answer for Kieran. <laughs> I don't know how he's actually going. Hey, if you need to get it out, here's the place. Just let, let it pour out. <laughs> We uh we like to kick off the podcast pretty much the same way every every time by asking what uh, what you guys been listening to what's been spinning in your playlists or if you've had any any vinyl that you've had on recently what what have you been listening to? Oh, that's an easy one for me. Mm. I've been smashing the new Turnstile album, and then by virtue of that, just their whole catalog. They're, yeah, I don't. Every so often, I'll come back to listening to heaps of heavier stuff, but mostly just like hardcore and and sort of uh, heavier leaning punk and yeah. They're, they're unreal. Hey, I, I love them right now. I've been on about an 18-month journey of sad indie music that hasn't really uh, let up as of yet. So I'm listening. Now I'm into like a band called Howdy from um, LA. They're really cool. Okay. And, um, because of Phoebe Bridges, like Lucy Dacus and Julian Baker. Um, a lot of, I actually had Talking Heads and David Byrne as well, actually. Just been good. Just, just to yeah. throw some throwback in there as well. Mm-hmm. I never really liked Talking Heads. Like, as in, I didn't dislike them, but I just didn't. I don't know. Now I get it. There's been a real David Byrne revival, like in the last mm. what, like th- two or three years, I suppose. Mm. I mean, there's just such into a it. timeless dance pop weird songs. The genre is just like perfect. It's hard to because it's always so unique. Like, it's hard for it to go out of fashion, I suppose. That's true. Yeah, you're never going to be like pigeonholing that into a time at all, really, mm-hmm. are you? <laughs> no, I don't really. Yeah, it seems to sort of sit above the rest of its contemporary or contemporaries in terms of when it, when it was around. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's check. Let's chat. Spacey Jane, though. I mean, and the new track "Lunchtime." It's you know, it's just full of energy. It's bouncy, and it's, it's got this really driving vibe compared to a lot of the tracks off your debut album "Sunlight." When you started to sort of work, especially on the instrumentation side of this, did you sort of foresee it ending up where it did? Yeah, I think so. It's definitely, I think we got pretty close to how we wanted to, it to sound. Um, I always like trying to do something fast because it's when you're writing, you get like bored of trying to do the same tempos and progressions and things over and over again. And sometimes I guess you, there's more like um, you could do simpler things on the guitar when they're faster. I feel like the same with drums too. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. just like about like you can just move quickly and it's fun and cool. And I think that's <laughs> what we leaned into pretty heavily with this song. Those uh, hardcore uh, influences are, are not going to come from the drums sometime, where it's just like two-two beats the whole way through. Yeah, man. Some of the some of the drum parts on this Turnstile record, it's one of those things. Like I, I'm listening to, I'm like, I have, I'm just going to learn to play these songs because they're that like insane. They're just, they're, yeah. They're, I could talk for hours about that record actually because I'm just, I'm really digging in at the moment. But I guess that would be, uh, that would make for a pretty pretty boring podcast probably <laughs> to the turn podcast that you do yeah <laughs> i'll tell you what a lot of a lot of our listeners are, are quite into hardcore and heavy stuff so i reckon there'd be there'd be some some pretty big resounding yeses coming from people listening right now but i suppose uh you know when you're working on, on the on this track at lunchtime as well as the last track that you released in in june sorry with lots of nothing they kind of at least to me sound like the the textures are a lot sort of almost tighter in terms of the, the harmonies are a lot tighter and, and stuff like that. And, and they're certainly pushed to the front of the mixes. How did you say that you were looking at sort of things on a production side when you were coming at these, these releases? Definitely. Yeah. 
pretty much that cleaner, tighter, more space and um, more, I guess, intention in parts, you know, not trying to fill gaps with just things. And that's been something we've worked on, try to do for ages. It's one of the hardest things I think to do is as a band, I think when you're writing, it's like everyone, everyone brings bits and then everyone's got an opinion on how it sounds and what you want to do. And so you've got like four people all trying to build something from four different perspectives sometimes. And so that's a like one of the great challenges of being in a band as opposed to maybe where you just produce your own music or you're just a solo artist. There's that like being drawn in four directions or pushed in four directions. And um, yeah, so I think because of that, you're presented with like, okay, how do we actually make it as simple as possible? Not what we're all trying to do at once. Is it a, uh, a democracy in the space of Jane Camp? Yeah. <laughs> majority, majority rules or is there a, is there some kind of autocratic dictatorial fist? Uh, it's it just honestly it changes from song to song and time to time. I think we honestly by the time we get to the end of it, um, we all kind of agree. You know, sometimes we all need to be pulled in different directions to get to the place that we're happy. But yeah, <laughs> we are blessed by the fact that we I think tend to agree. Like that's what allows us to keep making music is that we kind of like what we make and like all the same music in a lot of ways. Yeah, exactly. That hey, that that's what makes great music, right? I, mm. I guess um, you know you, you guys have mentioned before that you wrote a lot of this album quite early on. Like you've been sitting on at least on the writing perspective, you've been sitting on this for a while. When you kind of have had it turned around, and, and you know, obviously, there's not been that much touring going on in the grand scheme of things. Do you find that like there was a new inspiration drawing you through that writing process, and, and when you were having those conversations, as opposed to say in a hypothetical world if you'd been touring uh the the the, the last album a lot more probably but i just don't know how like yeah, yeah it would be different but i guess because we didn't do the other thing it's like hard to know what that difference was and when we wrote sunlight um we didn't really and we toured a bit but we we mostly like i worked full-time and um you know kieran and Ashton studied full-time and um pepper sort of joined halfway through the process so i guess we yeah it's hard to say what it's like we haven't had a, a probably like the next album that we write we'll we'll be operating like a normal band where it's like you're trying to fit it in between a normal touring world schedule thing and that's yeah that, that'll be interesting but we haven't really had that yeah it's been pandemic or you know uh struggle street <laughs> <laughs> would you say that it's been beneficial to sort of have that set aside obviously I'm, I'm sure that you would have loved to have been touring touring sunlight but do you think from a from a production point of view do you think it's been beneficial to sort of almost be forced to sit down and just start that process again mm-hmm. mm, yes and no i mean it would have been beneficial either way you know if we're restricted in some capacity we're forced to act at certain times and i'm sure if there were like tours either side of production we'd be like okay this is the time when we're going to get this done and the, the squeeze like that kind of applied to us this time around as well because we had a limited amount of time booked uh, with our producer con we had to go to him eventually like we were definitely playing with restrictions it's just not what i guess we would anticipate the norm to be like what you were saying just before is it's not as though we were juggling a touring schedule and recording necessarily the way that we will in future but i guess yeah this i do feel like we do pretty well with this kind of shit under pressure <laughs> um it's always the case of like okay we've got to get this done so we'll just do it it's not really like we don't we don't really fumble at the 
blast hurdle or anything like that. It's all just quite like, mm. you know. It's, it's nice to know the band's got a safe pair of hands, so, you know, carrying it forward. The uh, actually sort of just stopping briefly on on um, Constantine Kirsty as the producer for this these last couple of um, releases. You know he's been he's had some insane producing credits over the last couple of years. Did did he bring any kind of new insights for you guys as a band when he was sitting behind the desk? Yeah, big time. Yeah, um, he's got that. He works in the pop world m- more recently. Although he used to do a lot of band stuff, so he's got that background. Um, but yeah, just he's he's just got this understanding in a lot of ways of how things are written for, especially for like American audiences, I think, and like the way the way pop music develops. Um, you know, just adding like a really nice atmospheric drone thing all the way through, and like okay, let's put like a little reverse sweep up to the reverse sweep. Uh, let's put like a little reverse part like up to this chorus here or into this next verse, and um, just like sort of really little simple things that you don't realize you're always, you're always listening to in, um, in a lot of like popular music. And I guess we wanted it to, while the songwriting style and the instrumentation and those sorts of things weren't going to change so much, I'm going to try and create sounds and create songs that would, I guess, like be at home among a broader audience and among a broader list of songs. Sunlight was definitely a very Australian indie band, you know, four-piece guitars sort of album, which was cool and we love that. But, um, you know, moving forward, it's like, what can we do that's different? Where can we expand that into? And, you know, maybe an American audience hears Sunlight and doesn't quite not get it, but just doesn't quite relate to it. And it's sort of different to what they want. So it's kind of like trying to be similar to certain sounds and also keep true to what we like. And it sounds like from from what you're saying there, he he didn't come in and wholesale rewrite a lot of a lot of what you had already brought to the table. He was just adding that kind of finesse to it. Yeah, yeah. There's no writing from him. It's just production stuff. Yeah, and some arrangement things. But yeah, we, we definitely did it all most by ourselves. <laughs> and just like so taking a step back. One a good friend of the show, Juan, sort of is a, a huge fan of yours. And and when I told him that we were doing the interview, he was like, "I've I've got a question that I want to know the answer mm-hmm. to." And and he basically said, like, obviously you guys tackled some pretty heavy issues in in Sunlight, um, but in especially um, lunchtime, there's you know it's going down a darker sort of route with that bounce, even though it's got that bouncier sound. Mm-hmm. Do you find that that sort of juxtaposition is a reflection of? like you guys personally, or do you find that it's, it's more a reflection of, of kind of what things have been like for the past 18 months, I suppose, around the world and especially at home? I always say that I think it's hard to write about happy things. You know, people like people find that a bit abrasive or something when people are like always happy and always have really stoked about stuff. It's just like <laughs> a human condition thing. I, don't, I feel like we're terrible at expressing just joy. Um, but we always like talking about sadness and things like that feels less cheesy and easier to, I suppose, translate and convey to people. And so I think that's why there's that sort of sadness in the lyrics. That's like the natural, that's what you want to talk about. That's what you want to let out is sadness, not necessarily joy. Um, And then, you know, we have to play the songs, you know, hundreds of times. And I think we like to make them fun to play. And we're a live band, you know, we always think about what it's like to play a song to people and, how that energy will incorporate into the set and i guess that's sort of where we often how we often think musically is is in that context um 
and then also yeah it's like something that people can dance to when they're by themselves and they can feel like really good and also if they really want to dive into the lyrics they can feel like shit <laughs> <laughs> that it's that that beautiful space where you can dance and feel shit at the same time mm. <laughs> like the, the one i am dance floor yeah that's it. <laughs> you guys have, have got a, a huge run of shows coming up in the uk and europe as well and and even like the venues for those shows were, were just over the last couple of days have been upgraded um at a lot in a lot of places to to fit more pe- people through the door basically how does it kind of feel being at the moment constrained to wa but kind of knowing there's all these people with tickets in hand ready to see you guys kick things off on the stage oh unreal hey yeah i think the response to any international or even east coast stuff that we've announced has been like overwhelmingly exciting for us it gives us something to look forward to you know it's funny looking at the ticket count like the, the forecasts or whatever on our our side for from our um uk and europe booking agency there's, they have like a login and we get to see and there's like little forecasts based on current sales and some of them were up to like oh you're going to sell 800 percent of the tickets for this venue <laughs> if you keep it current rates which you know things slow down after the announce and everything like that so it's not going to be like that actually but that to us is like insane like the fact that there are people with willingness to you know buy tickets at this time this far away from the shows and also in the current sort of state of affairs with like the uncertainty of it all and everything like it's still not we are we're not really out of the woods but yeah it's like it's what drives us you know we want to be able to travel the world with the music and try and get to as many people and and make as many connections as possible it's kind of the the, it's the whole point, yeah. <laughs> outcome, really. Have you got yeah, that? to have that idea that like there's people in, in the UK and things like that that are buying tickets to see us. Like that's yeah, really weird to comprehend. <laughs> well, you don't think like traveling and things like that. You, you know, we've been we've both been to Europe and all around the world, and it's like you, we're so connected and things are so global, and it's just a from Perth, fourteen hour flight to the UK as a one flight, you know. One stop, no stops. But then still that, like really sometimes that idea of like they're so far away. There's this whole other world and culture that are there. That's fucking surreal. <laughs> Some kid in Cologne right now is just like hanging on, waiting for that show to kick off. I'll tell you what. Yeah, that's crazy to me. <laughs> what uh, what else do we see on the horizon for, for Spacey Jane through 2022? Um, well, How much do we give away? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can decide. Um. Okay, plenty more international touring. I won't name names or places or anything like that. Uh, definitely plenty more music, I guess. I suppose that's a pretty um, a pretty conservative hmm. answer. <laughs> we're going to play shows and we're so, going to release music. Yeah. <laughs> Stop the presses, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're going to do what you would usually expect from a band. That's the drop. To be fair, over the last 18 months, I don't think anyone would have expected at least half, the, half that answer. So... Hmm. <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot more global and Australian regions worth of touring to announce, and um, and the the albums is actually done now. Like I've, we've been saying that for a while, but it's, it's oh no, we got to do mix notes. And yeah, it's not that's, mixed. Sorry, that's why I've been looking at my phone because yeah. I've got a bit of a fucking thing going. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a there's yeah, it's not mixed, but it's 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 hard. It's like actually, it's all mixed. It's just we got to go back and do revisions. Yeah, um, so it's close, you know. So we'll be sometime at some point <laughs> announcing that record <laughs> when uh, probably next year. I like that. Yeah. I like, I like a bit of mystery. Get the Scooby mm-hmm. gang on it. <laughs> well, uh, 
Caleb and Kieran, thanks for taking the time to join us from the construction site today. Uh, <laughs> Spacey Jane's latest single, uh, Lunchtime, is out now, so make sure you're listening on your favourite streaming services. And, yeah, guys, thanks again for, for taking the time out and, and having a chat with us. Pleasure to hey, no stress. Thanks for having us.